In this presentation, we will discuss depreciation as it relates to a sole proprietorship, generally reporting on a Schedule C. This information can be found in Publication 334. If property you acquire to use in your business is expected to last more than one year, you generally cannot deduct the entire cost of a business expense in the year you acquire it. You must spread the cost over more than one tax year and deduct part of it each year on Schedule C. This method of deducting the cost of business property is called depreciation. So when we consider depreciation, note we're typically thinking about items that will be benefiting the business more than just typically in the current year. And this is more of an accrual concept. Even if you're on a cash basis system, even if you paid cash for this type of asset, then you typically still need to use more of an accrual system for this particular item because of the distortion that the timing difference has. Meaning, if we buy something, for example, like equipment, then if we bought large equipment that's going to be used for many years into the future, if we deduct it all in the current year, it really distorts the net income of the current year. And you can imagine this on our income statement over here. If we had one line item on our income statement that said equipment, and it was $200,000 or some ridiculous amount in comparison to our income, and we wrote off 200000 as an expense or, or an expense on the income statement, a deduction writing off for taxes, it would make the net income look very low. But the net income shouldn't be thought of as that low, really, because that equipment, even if we paid cash for it, is going to be used in the future. So typically, the income statement, we want to compare from year to year. We want net income to be measuring performance from financial statement perspective, not from a tax perspective necessarily. From a financial statement perspective, we expect it to measure performance. And we would be greatly distorting performance if we wrote off uh, equipment in the current year. Rather, we use an accrual method and we call it capitalizing it. So that's when you hear this term of something that's going to be capitalized as opposed to expensing in the current time period as, as opposed to deducting in the current time period. We'd capitalize it as an asset. Now, the, the confusing thing here is, of course, when we think of a Schedule C, you don't, see the, you don't see the balance sheet accounts as you do on like a trial balance. So we don't see the assets here on the Schedule C because we don't see the balance sheet. We only see the profit and loss. So what we're going to do is we're, in essence, going to put it on the balance sheet, which we don't really show on the Schedule C for a small business. And then we will allocate the expense over the time period that it's going to be used in. That's the concept of depreciation. And then we'll be getting a smaller type of expense. Note that normally from a tax purpose, from a tax standpoint, we don't like this because we would rather take the whole thing in the current year because that would allow us to lower income in the current year. It would also probably result in higher income in the following year but normally from normal tax practice, we would rather get the benefit now today because of the time value of money. So we would typically say, I would like to depreciate it all today or get the entire cost of the equipment today and as opposed to uh, next year. So that's usually going to be the rule that we're looking to go for with depreciation. Okay, keeping that in mind, back to the text. The following is a brief over overview. You will find more information about depreciation in publication 946. So depreciation is a big topic. So you're going to go to publication 946 for the details of specifics with relation to depreciation, or at least that's where you can start with that. 
and you go to the IRS website, irs.gov, type in publication or pub 946. What property can be depreciated? You can depreciate property if it meets all of the following requirements. One, it must be property you own. So we have to have ownership of the property. So in other words, if it's a lease or something like that, it may not be a depreciable item. You, you do want to look into a capital lease versus an operating lease. Back to the text. It must be used in business or held to produce income. You never can depreciate inventory explained in chapter two because it is not held for use in your business. So note, uh, inventory is different and that's a, one thing that can be kind of confusing. We could think of things that in some cases would be inventory and in other cases would be a depreciable asset. So if we had like a forklift, then obviously that's typically a depreciable kind of asset that we'll put on the books and depreciate. But if we sell forklifts, then it would be inventory. So don't, as we go from company to company, if we work with multiple different companies, sometimes that gets a little bit confusing. Uh, if we're working in our own company, then we're, we're probably pretty straightforward with regard to what is inventory versus what is something else such as equipment. Back to the text. It must have a useful life that extends substantially beyond the year it is placed in service. So that's going to be the case of depreciation. And again, usually we, we would rather expense it now than later. So we're usually saying, oh no, this is one of those cases where it, it's, going to ex, it's going to have a useful life over the current period. And therefore, we can't expense it, take the deduction now possibly, but must capitalize it and then depreciate it. Back to the text. It must have a determined, determinable useful life, which means that it must be something that wears out, decays, gets used up, becomes obsolete, or loses its value from uh, natural causes. You never can depreciate the cost of land because land does not wear out, become obsolete, or get used up. Now, land is kind of the weird item that we think of as something that must be capitalized. That is an item where we would like to depreciate it if possible because land is typically something that we, we can't include. If we buy land, we can't usually, we can't put it on as an expense. We have to capitalize it as something that normally when we capitalize things are depreciable. But land is not depreciable because land is not going to wear out typically in human lifetimes. So therefore, the land, the, the amount we put on the land, we never really get to expense. We never really get the benefit of it because the depreciation is really representing in some way the deterioration, the using up of the asset. And land never gets used up. The dirt is still there and it's still the dirt, right? So it shouldn't be gone. And so therefore there's no depreciation. It's an asset that basically just sits on the books and doesn't go down, doesn't get depreciated. Back to the text. It must not be accepted property. This includes property placed in service and disposed of in the same year. Repairs. In general, you do not depreciate the cost of repairs and maintenance if they do not improve your property. Instead, you deduct these, these amounts on line 21 of Schedule C or line 2 of Schedule CEZ. So repairs versus improvements. If we think about the tax return, we're going to say line 21 is going to be the repair. So repairs and maintenance is here. When you consider this line item and what you've put into this line item, we could go back to our information and say, okay, what was put into repairs? We don't have anything in our example problem. But if you have something in uh, the repairs, you probably want to go through the GL, especially if repairs, if you go through repairs and, you're, and you say, hmm, 
Repairs looks awfully large. Repairs and maintenance looks like a really big number in compared to everything else. Then you probably want to go into the detail of it and say, is there any of this stuff in repairs that I should have capitalized? In other words, depreciable items, things that are going to uh, help more than one year's time period. And you may have to go in there and take those out. So that's one of the things you probably want to do as you're going through and reviewing your information for tax purposes. Go through and see if there's anything that you put into uh, uh, repairs or something like that that's large, substantial, that you need to adjust for, take out of repairs possibly, then put it on the books as an asset that you will then uh, capitalize. It's less likely that you, did, you made an error the other way. It's less likely that you put something on the books as an asset that should have been repairs and maintenance. So if you put it on the books as an asset, then you just want to make sure that you are recording it in the tax records so that you get the depreciation on the asset that would be recorded. So, so when you consider the taxes and you look at the equipment account, furniture and equipment or other fixed assets, you want to see any additions that have happened and make sure that you have those in the tax return so that you can get the related depreciation, the related depreciation that will be calculated, generally calculated by tax software. Back to the text, improvements are amount paid to betterments to your property, restorations or property or work that adopts your property to a new or different use. So note that if you're thinking about something that is an improvement, of course, that's going to be the differentiating factor. So if we did something that actually improves or extends the life, so for a car, for example, or a forklift, if we had an oil change or something on the forklift, that's going to be just maintenance. We'll just expense that. But if we put a whole new engine into the forklift or modified it to do something other than forklifting stuff, then now we've changed its use and or we've extended its life substantially and then probably we would have to capitalize that rather than just expense it therefore and record the depreciation rather than just the cost as if it was normal maintenance. Back to the text. Election to capitalize repair and maintenance costs that do not improve your property. You can make an election to treat certain repairs or replacements in your trade or business as improvements subject to depreciation. This election is available if you treat these amounts as capital expenditures on the books and re and records regularly used in computing your uh, income and expenses. So the IRS is nicely granting us the option of being able to capitalize things that we would normally just write off. And why would, norm, why would they do that? Well, in normal circumstances, that's not a good thing to do because if we were to do that, that would mean that we would not get the expense now, the deduction now, but would be putting it on the books as an asset that we, we would then depreciate. But in unusual situations, it might be beneficial. For example, if we think next year uh, the, the deduction will benefit us more than this year, then maybe we want to say, hey, I would, I would like to elect to not take the uh, expense this year and take it next year because I think it'll have a, a greater tax benefit to me next year for whatever reasons than this year. So you can imagine a situation where that option could be good. Back to the text. The election to capitalize repair and maintenance costs is discussed in Chapter 1 of Publication 535. So you can go to the IRS website. Take a look at publication or PUB 535. Depreciation method. The method for depreciating most business and investment property placed in service after 1986 is called the Modified Accelerated Cost Recovery System or MAKERS. MAKERS is discussed in detail in publication 
0.9946. We're not going to go into all the all the items of depreciation because there's a lot to it in terms of determining the types of property and what exactly how long you're going to depreciate over what types of methods uh, you can use. But just note that the so you can go to this publication 946 to get more detail just related to uh, the depreciation. That's a a whole course. It could be a whole course in and of itself to to take a look at the different types of depreciation options and the different types of property and where they're going to fall in terms of uh, the depreciable method. But note that uh, the tax code is much very specific on the depreciation method to be used for each property. So we want to make sure that we're in compliance, that we have the type of property lined up to the correct useful life and the correct method that we're going to use. And you can also note that makers is basically, if you're familiar with the types of depreciation methods, we've got straight line, double declining, typically are the main two. The makers is closer to a double declining and accelerated type of depreciation method, but then it usually uses some kind of mid-year or mid-month or mid-quarter convention depending on the circumstances which basically means we make an assumption that we bought the equipment either in the middle of the year or the middle of the month or the middle of the quarter depending on circumstances and type of property. Back to the text, section 179 deduction, you can elect to deduct a limited amount of the cost of certain depreciable property in the year you place the property in service. This deduction is, is known as section 179 deduction the maximum amount you can elect to deduct during 2018 generally is 1 million higher limits apply to certain property so 179 is a code section of course and it is a section that's going to allow us in essence to expense more of the property that we would be capitalizing so let's just think about this for a second we had property plant and equipment that we would expense but they're forcing us to capitalize in it, putting it on the books as an asset, and then depreciating it over time. But then they, get, they came in and said, well, uh, we would like to stimulate the economy in some ways by giving tax incentives for people to buy stuff and whatnot. And a big way that they think they, they can stimulate the economy, this is my interpretation, is to uh, give this 179 deduction, in essence, allowing you to then depreciate or take the expense related to the purchase of the furniture and equipment. So now we basically put it on the books as if it, furniture and equipment, like we're going to depreciate it over however long the useful life is, five years or so. But we get this special thing that says we get to depreciate more of it in the current year. So now, in essence, we get to treat it as if it was on a cash basis or, or we get to basically expense more of it in the current year. So with the 179 deduction, if you qualify for the 179 deduction, it's, it's nice because then you get to put the information. You still have to report it kind of like you would uh, to capitalize it and then depreciate it. But in essence, you get the full depreciation if you qualify up to certain limitations on it. So that's going to be the one, 179 deduction. This limit generally is reduced by the amount by which the cost of the property placed in service during the tax year exceeds 2500000 The total amount of depreciation, including the Section 179 deduction, you can take for a passenger automobile you use in your business and first place in service in 2018 is 10000 So whenever you think about cars, that there's going to be typically limitations because the IRS is skeptical about the deduction of cars and automobiles, luxury automobiles. Back to the text. 
18000 if you take the special depreciation allowance for qualified passenger automobiles placed in service in 2018. Special rules apply to trucks and vans. For more information, see publication 946. So you want to go to IRS website and type in pub or publication 946. It explains what property qualifies for depreciation, what limits apply to the deduction, and when and how to recapture the depreciation. All great topics. Caution, your Section 179 deduction election for the cost of any sport utility vehicle, SUV, and certain other vehicles is limited to $25,000. For more information, see the instructions for Form 4562 or Publication 946. Listed property. You must follow specific special rules and record-keeping requirements when depreciating listed property. Listed property includes any of the following. Most passenger automobiles, most other property used for transportation, any property of a type generally used for entertainment, recreation, amusement. Again, IRS is skeptical of these items. Automobiles, transportation stuff, anything that could be used for things that would be like fun, in quotes, fun stuff. The IRS will be skeptical of the deductions related to them, so you want to be uh, make sure you're in compliance with related to them. Back to the text. For more information about listed property, see publication 946. Form 4562. Use Form 4562, Depreciation and Amortization, if you are claiming any of the following. Depreciation on property placed in service during the current tax year, a Section 179 deduction. Depreciation on any listed property, regardless of when it was placed in service. If you have to use Form 4562, you must file Schedule C. You cannot use Schedule CEZ. So this is one of the things that's going to cause us or force us to move away from the simple form to the full form of the Schedule C, which isn't too bad. I'd rather use it anyways.